Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Modern Energy Management Podcast. This is a podcast for energy managers, sustainability leaders, and facility operators to share their stories of success out in the field. My name is Simran, and I am the producer and co-host of this show. And joining me today is my other co-host, Nate Nillis. Thanks, Sim. I'm excited to have uh, our first international guest. Very exciting indeed. Um, our first guest and from the international world is actually based in South Africa. Um, our guest today is Lungi Manzini. So Lungi is a corporate sustainability expert who has over 10 years of experience in sustainability um, from a pretty wide ranging background. She's worked in government, uh, telecom, even does consulting. So definitely an expert in her trade. Um, she's currently based in Johannesburg and is pursuing a PhD in sustainability. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show, Lungi. Thank you so much, Simran and Nate. Um, thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast. Uh, and good morning to all your listeners and supporters. And it's such a pleasure for me to be here and to be the first uh, international guest. Definitely. It's, it's a pleasure to have you. And we should also say a good evening for anyone else in different time zones. I think, Lungi, you're in, um, it's dinner time where you are right now, where we're recording, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. It's around 7.40, yeah. the so, side of in South Africa. Power of the podcast and, and reaching global audiences. So, Lungi, why don't you go ahead and, you know, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, um, you know, how you started, where you are today. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much, Simran. I'm Lungi Manzini, and I am based in Johannesburg. Um, I am a sustainability expert and I have more than 10 years experience in the field. I studied environmental sciences both in South Africa and I have also studied in Netherlands at a university called Wegenengren. That's such an amazing experience for me. And to balance my science background, I've also done an MBA about two years ago, which was quite important for me um, to also add uh, business uh, studies in my uh, scientific background. And I'm currently pursuing my PhD in environmental sciences uh, at a university in South Africa. And as Simran mentioned, that my working experience uh, spreads across various sectors. Uh, so I have, I started off as a consultant. Uh, that was my first job. I worked for a company called Chemco Global and I was a greenhouse gas emissions um, analyst there. So that's where my career started. And then I moved on to work for the Ministry of um, Environmental Affairs in South Africa. And I've also done a little bit of work for the UNFCCC as part of an international uh, greenhouse gas emissions reviewer. I've spent most of my career in in the private sector, particularly in the telecoms industry. So I know the industry quite well from a sustainability perspective. And um, it's just something outside of my career. I'm also a qualified coach uh, focusing mainly on leadership. And I also supervise uh, postgraduate um, uh, students, particularly in the field of sustainability. I'm very, very passionate about sustainable business. And I really uh, strongly believe that um, the way that business is, is perceived and the way that business success is measured has really in, evolved in different in, in recent times. Great. Thanks so much for sharing that, Lungi. Um, it's definitely, you know, appreciate you sharing some more about yourself. Um, you know, one of the things that 
I really want to know from your perspective, you know, what do you enjoy most about working in the in the private sector versus the public sector? I think that, you know, no matter where you are, there's obviously differences in both. Since you have experience in both, would love to hear, you know, what do you like about them in their unique perspectives? Thank you, Simran, for that question. I think from uh, just starting from a public sector perspective, I really enjoyed uh, working in the public sector from a policy setting perspective. So I I think I really love the fact that um, at uh, at a public sector, one of the responsibilities of um, the government is to set direction in terms of what sort of sustainability initiatives that society is supposed to take to fight against uh, sustainability issues. And the one thing that I really, really like is the fact that most of the policies are aligned to global trends and global policies. Um, so I can just give you an example. Um, issues of climate change, um, uh, the, the Paris Agreement, for example, was something that as government we would um, align with from a policy setting perspective. And I think from uh, uh, just going back to the private sector, the one thing that I really enjoy about um, the public sector is the fact that sustainability being seen as adding business value. I think that when a company truly has incorporated sustainability into their strategy, um, then it reaps uh, a lot of rewards uh, for that business. It, it really helps in building the brand and reputation. Um, customers really want to be associated with um, brands that have implemented uh, sustainability as part of their strategy. So I really, really like to see the sustainability strategy coming into play and really uh, um, uh, reaping rewards for, for, for the business. Lungi, that piece is, is really intriguing, right? When you think about sustainability being seen as adding business value, I think that's huge. We're seeing that really accelerate in the U.S., you know, building brand, building reputation. Uh, it's really exciting to see that globally have such an impact. You know, I wanted to, to switch gears more to focus on uh, Vodacom. I know you had spoke a lot when we connected about triple bottom line, right? People, planet, and profit. With so many initiatives to choose from, can you give people a sense of how you're prioritizing those things as part of Vodacom? So um, just maybe talk about um, the triple bottom line. And sustainability, as we all know that when you talk about sustainability, you specifically talk about three main areas. And um, this really is uh, economic, social, and environmental. And to maybe just give you a little bit of an understanding of um, sustainability. So sustainability is really about um, uh, development uh, that meets the needs of uh, the present generation with, without compromising the ability of the future generation to meet um, their, own, their own needs. And at the center of sustainability are the three elements that I have mentioned. And uh, because I work for a telecoms industry, you find that the focus areas on those three elements would uh, be different. So if maybe let's start with economic, um, the economics element of sustainability. From a telecoms um, industry perspective, the kind of things that we would look at would be 
uh, our contribution to uh, direct and indirect uh, text, for example. And, um, and, and obviously the importance of doing that and ensuring that there is compliance um, from a text um, perspective and that also government sees that the business contributes um, to, the, to the economy from a text perspective. And then the other elements under economic where we contribute or where we focus largely on is on um, job creation. And I think in South Africa, this is quite a big thing, um, mainly because um, this unemployment rate in South Africa sits at more than 30%. So um, it's something that really has to be um, something that we really have to focus on because it's such a contentious issue and such a huge sustainability um, issue for us. And then the other thing, obviously, uh, under e economic um, uh, the economic element would be on uh, driving uh, digital inclusion. So really that is about connecting uh, the unconnected. And this is mainly around ensuring that uh, our products and services are affordable for um, people that uh, fall within the mass segment, for example. So that is very, very, very key um, to ensure that our our products and services reach the majority, particularly people that are placed in rural communities, particularly people who are poor, who are not generally not able to afford uh, some of these products and services. And then going into the social part of it, from a, um, a, a, a telecoms uh, perspective, usually the things that would look at would be just how we, um, interact with our employees from a health and safety perspective. It would also look at uh, the amount of money that we spend uh, for community development through our CSI uh, perspective. And um, the two main issues that usually um, as the telecoms industry will focus on would be on education, using um, digital products and solutions to ensure that we drive quality education in South Africa. That has been one thing that we have been focusing on. And then the other thing is on women empowerment. This has been something that also is quite key um, internally from a perspective of ensuring that women are part of the leadership, for example, and uh, externally ensuring that our products and services reach uh, women. Um, as we all know, just how important women are uh, in society and the role that they play in ensuring that their um, economic development actually multiplies to, 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 to communities in general. And then obviously looking at the last element from an environmental perspective, the main focus areas there would be greenhouse gas emissions that come from um, electricity consumption. So in South Africa, most of our electricity is actually generated from coal. And, um, and obviously because it's coal-based, you find that to power some of our infrastructure, we would need the grid and uh, most of our environmental would then come from uh, using that um, using uh, electricity to power some of our infrastructure. 
And um, so the most, uh, the biggest issue around today would be greenhouse gas emissions from electricity consumption. And also, last but not least, in terms of um, the environmental impact would be e-waste. And this is particularly from, um, you know, the use of some of our infrastructure e-waste uh, from our infrastructure perspective. So, um, so as you know, that the telecoms industry uses a lot of equipment um, for, for some of our infrastructure. So the question would be, what happens to those uh, equipment when it has reached end of life? So we have to ensure that those, um, those equipment uh, that have reached end of life are disposed of in a manner that will not be harmful to the environment. And obviously, then from a consumer perspective, uh, this would be devices. So we as a telecoms industry have to ensure that we put measures in place to ensure that our customers are able to either bring back their devices once they um, once it has reached end of life or maybe give them mechanisms that will allow them to recycle those uh, devices in their own personal space. So those are the main um, focus areas uh, within the telecoms uh, industry that we would generally focus on based on the three elements of sustainability. Thanks so much for sharing that, Lungi. Um, I want to circle back on you know, something that you mentioned about women and, and the role that they play in sustainability. Uh, we have a sister podcast, you know, Women in Sustainability, and we've held some networking events that really have brought women's roles in sustainability and leadership to the forefront. And, you know, I think that they, like you said, play an enormous role in, in societies and sustainability initiatives across the world. Um, what, you know, what strides have you seen women make in South Africa, specifically when it comes to leadership opportunities within the sustainability industry? Um, thanks for that, uh, Simran. I think for me, the one thing that um, I can maybe make reference to firstly is the fact that um, a lot of women in South Africa are, are poverty-stricken. So you find that a lot of women um, um, move away from taking on STEM, STEM subjects, for example. And there could be many reasons for this, right? So uh, the, one could be that they feel discouraged because of certain um, community um, opinions about what um, the role of women is supposed to be in society. So you find that a lot of women really run away from taking on STEM subjects, which is very key if you want to go into the sustainability field. So in South Africa, um, if you look at sustainability as a whole, you find that it's currently male-dominated, and you don't find a lot of women that have actually taken on um, the field of sustainability. And I think in recent times, it, this has is starting or beginning to change, really, because government is now putting in place uh, measures to try and drive women to take on um, these type of fields and really take on um, STEM, STEM subjects. And also, uh, business has also come into, into play to support women who actually are interested in taking on uh, STEM, STEM subjects. And I think that, um, you know, going forward, there is going to be 
uh, change or a shift whereby more and more women are going into uh, the fields of weather engineering or sustainability. And But the one thing that I've noticed um, from a sustainability perspective is that women are really going into um, entrepreneurship um, from, a, from a perspective of sustainability, particularly on our waste collection and waste recycling. So I've seen um, a lot of um, entrepreneurs within the waste space that are being led uh, by women, which is really, really encouraging. And I think that also from a, a, a corporate perspective or public sector, uh, private sector, I've also seen that a lot of women are really taking on uh, leadership roles uh, within corporates and also uh, within the public sector. I think that I'm seeing more and more uh, women trying to get into the space of sustainability and really driving change and driving uh, policy implementation from a sustainability perspective. So I think um, I'm really encouraged by the shift that I'm seeing. And I, and I guess this has to do with uh, partnerships between what the government is doing and also what business is doing to support um, you know, the advancement of, of women in society and ensure that uh, women are really um, given the right support to, to, to lead in society and take on um, strategic uh, leadership roles within the sustainability field. Thanks, Lungi. I know being the father of two young women, it is awesome to see the acceleration of women in those leadership roles and to be a role model for them as well. I wanted to flip back to one of the comments that you made specific to Vodacom and on the, the private side when we were speaking about people, planet, and profit. <clears throat> In those categories, which one do you think has been the most uh, challenging? And do you have any you know, advice for those listening? Of the three elements that you've mentioned, uh, Nate, I think for me the most challenging one has to be planet. And I'll tell you the reason why I say this. Um, so uh, from a planet perspective, I think in South Africa, because we've got all these socioeconomic challenges, you find that uh, planet gets the backseat of some sorts, if I can call it that. And not not because um, it's not important, but because there's just other pressing issues um, in communities that um, society feels business should focus on. So you find that the planet generally is an afterthought or is not well-resourced or it's um, not part of the strategy of the business. And even though um, things are changing now, we are not at a level we would really like to be, um, particularly in South Africa. And I think also because it's very difficult to um, uh, quantify some of these um, 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 aspects of, 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 of planets. So you find that because people do not understand how to quantify those, those uh, aspects, they end up not really managing them properly because obviously if you can't measure some, if you can't um, measure something, then it becomes very difficult to manage. Um, so I think that for me, uh, planet 
um, getting the data from 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 various business units. I mean, as you know, that uh, the planet aspect cuts across the business. So uh, it literally starts from uh, facilities or the management of buildings from an energy efficiency perspective. It spreads out to operations. Um, in the sense of the telecoms industry, this would be technology, how much electricity is being used. Uh, and because our infrastructure, you find that in most times it's spread across the country. So sometimes if you don't have proper um, mechanisms to actually measure some of these things, it becomes very difficult to collect the data. And then you find that obviously there isn't any um, as uh, initiatives that are put in place uh, to reduce impact from, from that perspective. And also you find that within supply chain, for example, which is, um, would be an impact from your suppliers because you find that you would have um, a value chain that is spread across the world basically, uh, it becomes very difficult to measure uh, your emissions or any kind of impact that comes from uh, your supply chain. So I think for me, from that perspective, the planet uh, aspect has really been, been challenging from a data collection perspective, which then leads to difficulty in managing something that you really do not know. And also the fact that it's just too broad. Uh, it becomes really, really broad sometimes and uh, becomes really, really uh, challenging to manage. So the, the interesting piece there is the technology, because I know for us, we're always kind of following modern technology and, and how to make it easier to get access to that data to promote those initiatives. Do you see a lot of companies shifting gears and because it is so critical to the bottom line to invest in modern technology to make it easier to connect all those systems, or is it still lagging? In South Africa? I think um, it's becoming really, really um, important. And I'll tell you the reasons for this. So let me start with regulatory uh, changes or shifts in South Africa. So um, we, in June last year, um, the president um, approved the carbon tax. And this, base, this carbon tax basically um, uh, penalizes uh, businesses or requires businesses to pay carbon tax if they reach a certain threshold. So if they generate electricity or energy that is above 10 megawatts. Now, this uh, has financial implications. And obviously, businesses are realizing just how important this is uh, because uh, of carbon tax and also because now um, they see that it has economic costs or financial implications. So the, the shift is, is definitely there uh, from a regulatory perspective. And then the second thing is we've seen quite a number of um, changes in the market in terms of the uh, change in preferences or change in behaviors of consumers. So we see that a lot of consumers are wanting to know um, what is it that companies are doing from an environmental perspective um, and how are they managing their environmental impact. So consumers are now wanting to be associated with brands that actually care about the environment. So from that perspective, um, 
there seems to be uh, quite a shift and businesses are really um, wanting to, 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 to adopt sustainability initiatives, um, particularly reducing the environmental impact in order for them to, um, to, to have uh, some kind of a, a good relationship or good, relationship or good rapport with, with their customers. The third thing that is actually um, shifting is investors. Um, it has been quite interesting because um, investors are starting to want to know what is it that companies are doing from an environmental uh, impact perspective. So you find that um, investors are, are, are approaching businesses to ask them specifically what they're doing uh, from a planet perspective. What sort of initiatives do they have they put in place to ensure that they reduce the environmental impact? And also, I think the other thing for me that has been quite interesting is the fact that they've been asking about specific commitments, which is something that has is, is such a, a an amazing thing. I mean, five years ago, um, you wouldn't have an investor wanting to know um, what sort of commitments do a com- does a company have from a, a, an environmental. But in South Africa, that has really, really shifted um, in recent times. So I would say based on those drivers that I've mentioned, there has really, really been a shift and companies are finding, are looking or exploring um, innovative ways um, that are going to help them to gather information and ensure that they've got proper systems in place. And obviously, technology offers such a great opportunity great opportunity for companies to do that because technology um, helps with um, storage, collection, and and easy accessibility of information. So I think in recent times, because of the fact that there is a lot of pressure from stakeholders, businesses are now um, exploring technologies and uh, digital softwares that are going to help them to manage the the environmental or planet information uh, quite effectively. Yeah, that that's really true, Lungi. I think you you mentioned something about you know one of the three pillars of sustainability kind of being a global initiative. You know, when it comes to the people and profit, I think it's a lot of that, you know, usually stems between a community level and an organization level initiative. But when you think about planet, you know, we really only have one planet and, um, you know, there's thousands of companies all over the world that are doing sustainability initiatives and, and really making great strides. And you kind of touched on, on this a little bit a couple minutes ago, but, you know, I think what I'd like for you to kind of elaborate more on is, you know, from a global perspective and a global scale, what are the top trends that you're seeing in, in sustainability? And, you know, the, the reason that this question comes to mind is you, you mentioned the role that the consumer plays in this. So I'd, I'd love for you to kind of, you know, expand that more into what you're seeing at the, the top level. I think uh, in terms of the global sustainability trends, um, there's quite a number of trends that, you know, I've seen um, globally. Um, The one thing that I think um, uh, pops into mind right now is uh, climate risk and mitigation. Um, The World Economic Forum um, 
um, released their 2020 risk report um, that has highlighted uh, climate risk as one of the most important things that uh, society needs to look out for in the next uh, 10 years. Um, in recent times, we've seen quite a number of natural disasters that are, are linked to flooding, droughts, um, storms, and all these um, really scary natural disasters that have become uh, more common. So the one trend um, that we've seen from a climate risk perspective is that stakeholders, uh, particularly um, um, young people, are, are escalating, um, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, trying to 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 uh, highlight the importance for business to actually focus on on the climate um, impacts and also we've seen quite a number of climate change activists that have popped up and also as I mentioned earlier on that there is increased pressure from regulators and also investors that are wanting um, companies to focus on the climate change risks and also focus on climate uh, change preparedness. And the other thing within climate risk uh, that I've seen is that a lot of companies are now setting science-based targets, which are aligned to the Paris uh, Climate um, Agreement. And um, this is such a, a big thing um, for, for, for business and, and a lot of businesses are, are going towards that direction. And I think the other thing that is linked to climate risk is water. Water has been also highlighted as one of the top greatest risks by the WEF in the, in the global risk report. And um, I see that I've noticed that a lot of companies are focusing on the water, um, water footprint and also exploring technologies that are going to help them to, to um, reduce water consumption. And I recently read a, a very interesting report that was done by the World uh, Health Organization. I think it was released in June um, 2019. And the report had like some really scary um, 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 stats that said that about 2.2 billion people around the world didn't have access to safe drinking water services. And that's uh, 3 billion people lacked uh, basic hand washing um, facilities. And this for me was such a huge concern, particularly in times of COVID, where um, one of the preventative measures uh, is washing of hands. So if so many people don't have access to such facilities, it becomes such an issue. So I think um, businesses are starting to see just how important it is to really implement our water efficiency initiatives, um, but also exploring uh, technological solutions that will also benefit uh, local communities and also release um, water stress in, in certain areas. The second thing that I think, the second trend that I have seen is that um, is, is really on sustainable finance. Uh, banks and institutional uh, asset managers um, are, are more and more wanting to see um, uh, what companies are doing from an ESG uh, risk and opportunity perspective because they seem to now understand um, how important it is to identify uh, ESG risks and opportunities. 
So um, ESG rating and sustainability rating will continue to grow as companies understand the importance of this, particularly from a stakeholder perspective. Um, and also, not just reporting in the sense of sustainability reports, but also reporting uh, based on transparency and also ensuring that the information that is reported is reliable and a true reflection of what the company is doing. And I think with technology coming into play and digital um, tools and software coming into play, companies will have less control over the information that uh, they report about about their performance um, because there will be digital tools that will be gathering and um, analyzing this information on their behalf. And this means that companies would, would have less opportunity for greenwashing. And also, uh, it also means that companies would be pushed to really make real commitments uh, from a sustainability perspective and execute on those on those um, on those commitments. And just to give you an example of BlackRock, um, BlackRock announced, I think last year, if I'm not mistaken, that they will no longer invest in companies that generate more than 25% of their revenue from Democol. And that for me is such a huge shift. And I think there's also another company in Norway uh, called BNP Paribas. Um, who have also made similar uh, commitments in the past. So you see there is quite a lot of pressure from an investor perspective to really push uh, businesses to do um, the right thing from a sustainability perspective. And then the last one that I would like to touch on is on what is called uh, conscious consumerism. Um, it's what you touched on, um, Simran, that um, more and more, we see that uh, consumers are really concerned about the state of the planet, um, particularly millennials um, and uh, Generation Z. They're really feeling a little bit anxious about um, where the, the planet is at the moment. And they have increasingly adopted a concept called voting with their wallets and really choosing uh, brands that speak to their values. And they basically are using their power in, in this instance, they're purchasing power to bring about change, whether it be it from a social or environmental uh, perspective. And, um, and this we've seen um, globally, um, the shift we've seen globally, and it's increasing. Um, I just referred to a study that was done by IBM now in 2020, uh, earlier this year, and they interviewed uh, consumers on um, their shopping habits, and they found that 81% of the respondent, respondents that they had interviewed globally um, had, had belonged in, in, in two main um, segments. The one segment was that, um, you know, the customers wanted to buy, uh, you know, to get value for, for their money. But what was interesting was 41% of the 81% of the, of the respondents said that they wanted to buy from brands that were aligned to their, to their purpose or their values. And in this instance, uh, they meant sustainable practices and 
and and values. So I think that you know, like there is there is quite a lot of a lot of shift and a lot of change uh, from a consumer's perspective. And to be fair, I think businesses or brands have genuinely um, started to respond to um, this changing preference in terms of you know what customers want. Um, but I do want to mention that you know this type of spending. Um, does come with a level of privilege and uh, as well as availability of options. And you find that some people don't have the luxury, even if they do want to be um, aligned to a brand that is sustainable. And I think that businesses should really look into that. Um, this whole perception that if it is green, then it has to be expensive, I, I think should be phased face out. I think that businesses should find ways to be um, efficient uh, in developing these um, green products to ensure that um, these products are affordable and accessible to everyone. Yeah, definitely. Accessibility is is a is a concern that you know I think that is is not necessarily often thought of uh, right away. But you know, access to these products, access to companies that have sustainability initiatives, is definitely something that we should consider especially, you know, when we look at who do we want to support. Um, Lungi, as we kind of wrap up, you know, I would like to know, you know, who are the brands that you're supporting in your personal life that, um, you know, embed sustainability into their organization? Um, I know that you mentioned a couple to me when we were talking, but I'd love for you to share those with the listeners as well. Yes, uh, this is such a fun question for me because um, I'm such a huge fan of uh, Patagonia. I think that uh, Patagonia is such a great example of how uh, sustainability that is generally incorporated uh, as part of the business uh, strategy can really drive value. Uh, I think they've really done well in terms of embedding sustainability across the business. And uh, I, f- I firmly believe that, um, you know, sustainability practices should not just be left to uh, the sustainability team that generally sits within corporate affairs or external affairs is what it's called in some, in some other uh, businesses. I think that sustainability should be the responsibility of the company as a whole, uh, literally spreading from HR to supply chain. And each business should identify what is their contribution to driving the sustainability strategy. So I think Patagonia has really, really done this so well. Um, I mean, they manufacture outdoor uh, clothing and they actively encourage their customers to minimize the environmental um, footprint. They donate um, to environmental donate some of their profits to environmental groups, which speaks to um, the, the people side of things or the side of things or social part of things from a sustainability perspective. They encourage their customers to retain the old clothing, uh, which they recycle or repurpose. And I think that's quite key and it speaks to the environmental part of, of uh, sustainability. 
um, they also don't use any kind of chemicals in some of the production uh, processes, which I, I think it's really amazing. And uh, from an employee's perspective, which I think is quite important, and I think it's one of the things that have made them so successful, is that they get their employees involved um, as part of the sustainability efforts. And um, they also offer other resources such as flexible working hours and giving them day offs in, in important days on important days, um, which I think is quite key to drive uh, engagement for, for employees because essentially you want your employees to be the ambassadors of what you are doing as a business. So you want your, your, your employees to be involved in these sustainability initiatives. So I think it's very, very key. And it's just one of the things that have made them so successful as a brand. And then the last thing that I would like to touch on that, I really, that really inspires me that they do is that they have a venture capital fund um, which invests in um, environmental and socially responsible startups. And I think that's very important. Um, not only does it help um, drive sustainability in society, but it also contributes to the economy and also creates uh, helps to create jobs. So I think for me, this is the most inspiring thing that I think uh, businesses should really, really think about. Wow, that, that's really great. Thanks so much for sharing. I, I've heard about Patagonia's initiatives and sustainability, and they definitely have been um, at the forefront, I would say, in, in a lot of the work that they've been doing. Um, well, Lungi, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, thank you so much for sharing your perspectives on sustainability. It, you know, I always like to hear stories from other perspectives and you know, hearing from your experiences and what you're doing in South Africa and, and the knowledge that you've brought to the show has definitely, I've, I for sure have learned a lot. Um, Nate, do you, do you have any closing comments or anything that you'd like to add? No, I, you know, I thought it was awesome to have such a, um, you know, a worldview, not only of women and sustainability, but of the public and private sector and some of the challenges and priorities that uh, they're focused on. So Lungi, I must say, I'm excited to follow your career and where you're going. Very sharp, spot on, on so many areas. And I feel very lucky to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much, um, Simran, and thank you so much, Nate. So I think my the last few words that I would like to say um, today before I say goodbye to everyone is uh, just to encourage organizations to really genuinely and um, authentically integrate sustainability in everything that they do. Uh, there is a lot of evidence that shows that companies that have genuinely done this tend to outperform their peers uh, financially. And they also tend to be less impacted by external shocks, um, such as um, uh, economic recessions or what people, other people are referred to as uh, black swans. I think um, sustainability really does make sense because uh, if you think about it, if you look after your people and your customers and your suppliers, your communities, then you earn a license to operate that is built on trust and um, you have, uh, you tend to have 
uh, low employee turnover and also your consumers want to buy from you and you tend to have less disputes in terms of compliance. Uh, and also from a planner perspective, if you genuinely implement sustainability initiatives, you, initiatives, you tend to, let, to use less um, resources you save costs and also open up opportunities uh, to service um, new and new customer segments. So I really think that adopting sustainability um, practices really makes a lot of sense. And I really would like to encourage businesses to really uh, genuinely and authentically adopt um, sustainable practices because there is value in it. Could not agree more, Lungi. Um, and to all the listeners out there, uh, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Energy Management Podcast. Don't forget, as always, to tune in and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're available on all platforms. Um, and also, if you like what you hear, please share it with a friend. Leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. We really appreciate it and love hearing from you guys. Um, and as Lungi said, if you're interested in, in sharing your own sustainability initiatives at your organization or your consulting company, we would love to have you on as a guest. You can always reach out to us at communications at buildingos.com. Thanks again for tuning in. And we'll be back next time with another great story for you, everyone. Thanks and take care.